1: Covering the sports betting landscape from coast to coast. This is Betting Across America on v the sports betting network.
4: We welcome you into Betting Across America, presented by BetMGM. So much to get to today on the show as we welcome you to our South Point Sportsbook studio. I'm Ben Wilson, filling in for Mike Pritchard. We do have, though, as always from Boston... Josh Applebaum, host of the Daily Market Insights podcast, who you follow at Josh underscore insights. And Josh, I know this is not something that is really in the mainstream of sports betting here in the U.S., but uh, today north of the border, there is the NHL draft. We're not giving it as much coverage here because it's just not that popular to bet on. But I am hearing apparently there is some sort of similarities to the NBA draft. We just saw a couple of weeks ago with late movement on top one and top two picks. What's going on uh, north of the border? I know you've been tracking on this.
5: Yeah, I've been tracking this, Ben. It's great to be with you. Uh happy, uh, happy what are we, Thursday today? I don't even remember the happy dates Thursday, anymore in this summer, yes. but Happy Thursday, and yeah, this is really interesting because, of course, the NHL draft—it's nothing compared to the NFL draft, the NBA draft. But I'm noticing a similarity here, and hopefully, this is a similarity in a positive direction instead of a negative direction. If you're like me and you took Jabari Smith early in the process, and of course, we all know the Woj saga—we don't have to go over it—but you know, his tweet—you uh, know—had Jabari Smith won, but yet late movement was to Ban Carroll. Late movement ended up winning here, so I think the NHL draft—I'm not really hearing many people talk about it—but uh, I would, uh, you know, uh, kind of, uh, you know, kind of send people toward late odds movement today in particular, in favor of Uri Slavkovsky. So he's a left winger. He's from Slovakia. And there are a couple things, similarities. I'm getting like PTSD, hopefully in a positive way here in terms of the NBA draft. Because if you look at kind of the way this is trended here, Ben, uh, the odds on favorite was Shane Knight, uh, Shane Wright going first overall to the Canadians. He's been a guy kind of like Sidney Crosby, you know, since he's five years old on ice skates, he's thought to be the number one overall pick. And he's been a huge favorite. And again, a lot of books didn't have these odds for quite a while, but he was like minus 500 a week ago. Big favorite to go first overall. But what we're seeing is late movement toward, and I keep getting this name wrong, but Slavkovsky. So what we're seeing here, Ben, you know, yesterday you had Slavkovsky around plus 200. He's down to plus 100. This line is moving towards Slavkovsky, going first overall to the Canadiens. And hopefully I'm going to give some props hopefully in a positive way, Ben, to Emily Kaplan. She's one of the best insiders here in the NHL, and she tweeted this this morning. Uh, she said, at 10 10.30 a.m. this morning Eastern time, Shane Wright has been the consensus number one for years, but over the last few days, there's a growing sense that Canadians will take Slovakian Uri Slavkovsky. So again, the movement with Emily Kaplan, an insider towards Slavkovsky, you're seeing the odds movement go towards Slavkovsky. And here's another one, uh, The Athletic, uh, Corey Pronman, who does a really good job with his mock draft, He had Slavkovsky number one, his last mock draft coming into today. And this is where I really got excited, Ben, because you know me, late steam is something I love to see. You love it when it comes in your direction. When it doesn't go in your direction, like Bancaro, obviously you get nervous there. But this is a big takeaway from his mock that I thought was really important. He said, quote, in my experience with the draft, when players start trending in one direction late in the process, they tend to keep trending. And right now, a majority of the league sources I'm talking to are discussing Slavkovsky as the best player in the draft. So I'm trying to get my revenge today, Ben. I got taken to the woodshed with Jabari Smith in the NBA draft. Ben Carroll beat me late steam. We'll see if we can get it back today with Slavkovsky. I'm on Slavkovsky, right. number one tonight tonight. Chop around, you can kind of find some plus money, plus one ten. Maybe during the show, he'll turn to a minus number. But if he's
4: ma- number one today. <laughs> if I make you say his name like four more times, your brain might explode, Josh. Well, we'll see <laughs> if we can uh, we can go toward that, at least in that direction. And look, for those of us here in Nevada, it doesn't really apply. We we do not have these odds available. But for those of you on the East Coast, yeah, this is a, a very very fast moving liquid market. So even though it's not heavily talked about or bet on you can still find edges. And it certainly seems like we have one in the NHL draft tonight. Uh, We still have a lot of football though to discuss. We'll get into that. We've got sec win totals today, Josh excited to start dipping our toes into college football. Now with the season about a month and a half away. Talk a couple divisions as well in the NFC. Uh, specifically, we'll, we'll start NFC North talking straight forecasts, which are always very fun props offered by our friends at BetMGM. Go through a full deep dive breakdown of the MLB card, number of day games going today. Uh, I'll have a, a Wimbledon pick as well at the end of the show. We had big news as well uh, that just came out, Rafa Nadal. He pulls out of Wimbledon. He was injured in his quarterfinal win yesterday against Taylor Fritz. So it is going to be the winner of Novak Djokovic and Cameron Norrie now against Nick Kyrgios in the finals. That's a pretty big deal there in the tennis world. All futures have been taken down. We'll see what gets reposted here a little bit later this afternoon. But as we talked about yesterday, news had broke a little bit before our show Of the trade for uh, at least from baker mayfield's perspective leaving cleveland going to carolina and now that we've had about 24 hours or so josh just to let things kind of calm down see where the odds have shaken out really interesting now to just to see where some of these things are at starting with the odds on who will start for the panthers week one because it kind of was phrased yesterday right like we kind of felt like well this would probably be a toss-up we figured all the things we've heard out of that camp in carolina so far was that sam darnold had had a great spring Baker Mayfield would come in, would try to unseat Darnold for the starting job. Well, uh, if you look at the odds, though, via Visa.com, DraftKings was the first one to put these up yesterday. They're not seeing it that same way. Minus 1,200 for Mayfield. Are you surprised at all, Josh, that those odds immediately get hung in in a number that high with so much juice there on on Baker coming
5: into Carolina? So that typically tells me, Ben, that someone knows something and they wanted Baker Mayfield and they're expecting him to start. So we knew, you know, right when this trade gets, uh, you know, posted basically that they're going to have quote unquote, uh, you know, a battle in camp, it'll be Darnold and and Baker Mayfield. And may the best man win, you know, the number one and the number three pick from the 2018 draft. But based on what the odds makers are telling us, it's probably going to be Baker Mayfield minus 1200 odds. That is uh, basically a 92% implied probability. So again, people in the know, you know, sources here, they're expecting Mayfield to win this battle Uh, again, Not saying much. Darnold obviously was highly touted, but. Uh, seeing ghosts when he was with the Jets and really hasn't done much in his NFL career. Baker Mayfield, I was pretty down on this trade, Ben. You know, we did see slight odds movement here. To me, it was kind of just, you know, throw something against the wall, see if it sticks. Is Baker better than Darnold? I think that's your question. It's not as, you know, Baker going to be you know, from a few years ago when he had a really good year. Or will he be Patrick Mahomes? Is he just better than what you already have? You drafted Corral. Obviously, you do have Sam Darnold here. Uh, but in terms of the odds movement, there was a slight movement here. Not a lot. A little bit to, win to the over. Super Bowl, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Plus uh, 150 to one, Ben down to 125 to one. NFC, no movement to win the NFC, 66 to one remain there. The NFC South, they did tick up a little bit 12 to one to 10 to one. I still believe this is an under win total. You know, it's six and a half. And the one thing I noticed yesterday to today, no movement. It's still juiced up under. The six and a half under yesterday was minus 125 to the under at DraftKings. Today, same exact thing. So it's not like this juice has evened out or flipped to juicing up the over. So it kind of tells me that in terms of the odds makers, they expect Mayfield to start, but in the projection of this team this year, it hasn't really increased their win total at all. And remember, Ben, they were 5-12 last year. They were 5-11 the year before. Rule is kind of – it's his thing to, you know, take over a team and incrementally get them better each year. You haven't really seen that happen here. They still have the 12th hardest schedule going into next year. They're going to play a, uh, a combined win percentage of 5-12 going into next season. So I still like the under 6.5, but I will give a shout-out to Sean King with Tim Murray yesterday. And Sean King, you know, former NFL quarterback, he was saying, you know, Baker Mayfield. His career is kind of in question. This is maybe his his time to prove people wrong. My only thing is if you like the over six and a half, you're banking on what Sean King said. But maybe Baker has taken this all to heart. Maybe he's going to be the hungriest he's ever been now flipping to a new team. I think that's the only reason you like the over. But give me the under six and a half. I'm not I'm not sold on this so You, move. Josh Applebaum making making the point now. He is not sold on, on the Baker Mayfield <laughs> deal. I, I just
4: to play devil's advocate, I would say, and look, we you look at the numbers last year with that that quarterback room with Sam Darnold. 32nd in Football Outsiders DVOA with the pass, and that was largely because uh, the, the old line was so brutal. There was not, you know, there wasn't much time for Sam Darnold to do much of anything. It didn't really, it didn't really help him when you give up 52 sacks last year, which was fourth worst in all the National Football League. Uh, makes things tough, but you think about a lot of numbers too, Josh, that tend to regress to either the negative or the positive from year to year. And I, I always look at turnover margin, which is one of those high variance numbers. And you look at records in one-score games, which generally, when you start, when you see teams that have very, very good records in tight games or very bad records in tight games. Year to year, those things tend to even out. All I would say is you are clearly adding a guy who if you look at any statistical measure, and we also keep in mind that Baker Mayfield was playing injured last year, and despite that still has had pretty significantly better statistical marks than Sam Darnold throughout his career. Like it is clearly an upgrade to me And you factor in that Carolina, they were negative 13 in turnover differential. That was uh, among the bottom five teams in the league last year. Already talked about the sacks they gave up. And and they went one in seven in one score games. A team that was, I mean, they were five and five last year uh, with a team we thought was pretty pedestrian to begin with. So it's not to say that all of a sudden those will absolutely flip and Carolina should be considered a contender here. That's not what I'm saying. Uh, just I, I wouldn't go so quickly as just just to dismiss and kind of pile on this Carolina team just because we've kind of made Mayfield this laughing stock over the past couple of years with with the injuries and and all the issues he's he's had to deal with. I'm not sold on this Carolina team being just uh, just being a dumpster fire simply because we've heard about all these off off the field issues with Matt Rule and firing offensive coordinators and bringing in Ben McAdoo. I don't know. I, I could see an avenue, Josh, where this team is at least competitive and in a pretty weak division outside of Tampa Bay this year. Uh,
5: seven and 10 realistic? I think it absolutely is. I think you raised a couple good points here, Ben, and that's kind of what gives me a little bit of pause. I'll still defer to the fact that, you know, the six and a half was juiced up under my, my, minus 125 under yesterday. It's the same exact thing today. So the odds makers, just from the knee jerk, hey, you had Baker Mayfield, are you going to be a better team? It doesn't look like they're giving them that credit. But to your point, you know, as a contrarian, better and really being schooled in the, uh, the thought process of buying low on bad news, selling high on good news. You are buying Law and Baker Mayfield again. We, we make fun of him; he's a laughing stock. All that stuff being said, a lot of it is deservedly so. You know, obviously he got you know kind of ahead of his skis with all the the you know the progressive commercials and making all this money and kind of becoming you know bigger than the team. All that being said his stock is low right now, so it's a buy-low opportunity, and again, what sometimes when you are the number one pick, and you're expected to be the savior, and then you kind of get humbled a little bit, and you get traded for a conditional round pick, you were the number one pick, and now you're getting maybe a fifth rounder for you. I just think, if anything, if that lights a fire under Baker, that's what you're really leaning on, but until the oddsmakers change this win total, and maybe ev- either even out the juice, or make it six and a half minus 110, or maybe trend it a little bit to the over, until I see that, I'm just not sold, but you raise a lot of good points, Ben. It is a buy-low spot, if you think Baker will be better than Darnold, which I think he probably yeah. is.
4: All, all I know is week one. That's going to be a doozy once we get there. <laughs> Brown's going to Carolina for week one. I'm sure that might have been part of why you saw that number get you so high on Mayfield to be the start of week one uh, at minus 1,200. Uh, we've got a lot more NFL discussions still to come. We'll do some SEC win totals up next, but a reminder, it is time to download Nevada's premier sports betting app in MGM Sports. That MGM is all your favorite wagering options along with in-game betting, boosted on specials, and much more. Download the BetMGM app today and stop by any MGM casino on the Strip with your state-issued ID to open an account and start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM's state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Gambling prom Call 1-800-522-4700. We go to the SEC. Some college football win totals next on Betting Across America.
1: This is Betting Across America on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network.
4: The VSIN Summer Special is here. It's only $19, and you get everything VSIN has to offer from now to the end of the month. Sign up today, and you'll get VSIN's daily best bets. That includes Adam Burke on Major League Baseball, NFL preseason coverage, premium articles as well on golf. UFC and NASCAR if you want the full Vsin experience which features a daily best bets email every edition of point spread weekly use of our betting tools and a live video stream whenever you want it the cost is only $19 to be a subscriber through July 31st you can sign up now at vcin.com slash summer as we are back on betting across America I'm Ben Wilson from our South Point Sportsbook Studio Wyatt Tom Checker outstanding producer behind the glass Josh Applebaum from Boston at Josh underscore insights on, on the Twitter. You're going to be what you're on Lombardi line tomorrow as well, Josh, right? You got a full day ahead of you uh, here for the rest of the week.
5: Yeah. I got a big day. And again, we're all, we're all filling in, you know, here, Ben, you know, it's, it's the summer people taking time off, getting their much-deserved vacation. So we're team players, just like you producing, hosting and hanging out with Pete Rose. So you're, you're a star here too, my man. Ah, Doing our, doing our best here uh, (laughs) uh, during these summer months.
4: Well, you know, and the fun thing too, we get into this time of year, where we, we have now kind of begun in earnest our, our deep dives into both the NFL as well as uh, college football. I know uh, we, we've got a number of the, the big-time college football previews. They are all just now coming out. A number of the NFL previews here will be dropping in the next week that, uh, that us uh, as betters, we certainly like to read and go, go deep into every year. So let's talk SEC to start just because that is kind of the, the one conference you always seemingly Josh have to lead off with, right? When you've, you've had uh, so many national championships come out of that conference, at least in, in recent years. And after Alabama won the conference last year, but ultimately lost to Georgia in the national title game, really interesting to see how would the odds shake out coming back for this year. Uh, and, and here's the reality. It's a, uh, it's a lot of the same from what we've seen in years past. Alabama is again, a favorite, and this is again, to win the SEC championship so there are two, two different uh, divisions here, each with seven teams. Alabama favored in the West, Georgia favored in the East. Georgia, your second favorite here at plus 150. I, so j- certainly, Josh, for, for those of us who follow this stuff, it essentially, and there's really no reason outside of maybe one team, that would be Texas Tech based on some of the, the buzz from the summer. No reason to think it would be any other teams besides Bama and Georgia. First off, because we, we want to make sure we do our due, due, due diligence here. Are you a buyer at all in what you've heard this summer out of Jimbo Fisher and and A&M down there in College Station with how good the recruiting has been? Uh, They've certainly used NIL to their advantage. Are you a believer at all that A&M could challenge Bama in the – because keep in mind, to get to the SEC title game, you'd have to win your division. They would have to beat Bama or finish above Bama in the standings this year.
5: So I'm not a huge believer in Texas A&M, you know, overlapping Alabama or overlapping Georgia. I kind of do love the fact that, you know, you have real housewives of, of Alabama and Texas A&M, the real coaches here just battling, going back and forth. I kind of think just for uh, for college football, it's interesting and kind of gets a lot of excitement going. But I'm not going to bet A&M to win this conference, but I am looking at their overwin total here, Ben. If you look at a bunch of different shops right now, you know, obviously Alabama and Georgia, they're, they're the cream of the crop, and it's going to be interesting to me how people perceive these teams because obviously Georgia gets over the hump last year. Year, wins it all, beats Alabama. But if you look at uh, the odds right now, how do you not take Georgia at plus 150? But then also, if you like Alabama kind of in, in a revenge type year, how do you not like them minus 125? And you do have some odds makers who are putting you know, Alabama win total half juiced up under – of some other books are putting Georgia 10 and a half juiced up over. So based on the numbers, it does look like the odds makers are saying Alabama is quote unquote, the better team between those two. But on the topic of Jimbo Fisher and Texas A&M here, Ben, I'm not betting them to win this conference, but I do like their over win total. Their win total right now is eight and a half. It's really juiced up minus 150. So can they win you nine games? I think that's definitely doable. And what I'm going to bank on is not really this battle between Jimbo Fisher and Nick Saban, but really they're recruiting. You know, they had a fantastic recruiting class last year. Uh, one of the best in college football they've put together and strung together multiple years of, you know, one of the best, you know, top one, top two, top three, recruiting classes, so I think once you kind of get this machine going and each year you're bringing in the top recruits across the nation, how do you not like that team to have a pretty good year? So we all know it's it extends obviously or you know, depends upon your quarterback play as all you know, uh, pretty much all fo- football college pro depends upon. I'm not going to pick them to win it, Ben, but I do like them over 8.5. It's juiced up. You've got a great recruiting class. I think this is a 9-win team or more.
4: And keep in mind, too, bring in a new defensive coordinator in, in this particular season in DJ Durkin, a familiar name to people around uh, college football and uh, a guy who was, was just uh, the head coach there at Maryland. But keep in mind too, this is a program that just, that just beat Alabama last year and still Josh with a very, very good recruiting class still only went eight and four and has kind of proven time and again under Jimbo Fisher. They, they love to talk a a big game, have not really backed it up whatsoever. Schedule is favorable. I I would certainly lean with you there on the over, but it's a good exercise for us just because the reality is, and while people might say, oh, is, there, is there any weakness there down in Tuscaloosa? The tie, they weren't able to get it done last year in the national championship game. And, and certainly a lot of flaws there were exposed. Knowing everything we know about Nick Saban, this is the perfect elixir for him coming back into a 2022 season where by a pretty wide margin, Alabama has the number one recruiting class. They, they can come off of a season where they had a, a loss in a massive spot. And it, for me, even you can say it's chalky, you can say whatever, uh, for me, the the bet to make here is Alabama to win the SEC at, at even at a minus number, and I would certainly take that over a uh, taking a win total over here. Because if you're looking for them to go 12 and 0 at a plus 110 price, let's let's keep in mind you can still make the SEC title game. We've seen this happen before, even with a regular season loss. It happened to Alabama last year. They won the conference despite only going the 11 and 1 in the regular season. So if, if you're trying to figure out, okay, if we really are buying into Bama this year, what represents value? For me, Josh, I'd argue the value is certainly in just laying the price to have them win the, conference, the, win the actual conference championship instead of making a bet where it's only a difference in juice of about 35 cents. But all of a sudden, now you're in a position where they cannot fall at any point throughout the entire regular season. I would say the insurance is worth it for me in that case. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not sure if you feel the same way, but to me, if you're looking at futures, that, that's, before we get into the win totals, that's really the only bet I'd, I'd advocate for making given all the recruiting strengths and and given the leg up they appear to have over Georgia coming into this year.
5: So I think you hit on a lot of great points here, Ben. Number one being, you know, hey, this is kind of a a, a revenge-type year where Alabama, we're used to them winning the championship. We're used to them, you know, beating Georgia. Well, guess what? They kind of got knocked back down a peg. Georgia overcame them. And we have seen, you know, kind of the Belichick-Saban kind of revenge tour. I always think about, you know, uh, with Belichick here, losing Tom Brady, you know, going with Cam Newton. What do you do the next offseason? Spent a ton of money, drafted Mac Jones, tried to get back into it. Well, look at Saban. Obviously, you can't, you know, really make trades and, and kind of, you know, handle it like the NFL. But I think when you win all these championships, you have all these awards, you know, sometimes it just becomes, you know, a wash, rinse, repeat. And it's like, okay, we're just going to keep rolling. But sometimes you need to kind of create. Uh, some incentives, some some reasons to get excited, some reasons to get you motivated. And I think the fact that Saban didn't like the way the end the year ended last year, that could be a big motivating factor going into this year. It's also notable to me that these oddsmakers are kind of playing. I'm not going to say they're playing games with the win totals, but they're kind of both predicting both of these teams, Georgia and Alabama, around 11 wins because mm-hmm. uh, at BetMGM, the 11 and a half Alabama's juiced to the under, uh, minus 135. The 10 and a half to Georgia's juiced up over, minus 200. So it, it really is in- intriguing to me and. Interesting, your perception on these teams. And uh, I was also looking at uh, another book, DraftKings. They had Alabama over 10.5 minus 240 Ben so again that's a pretty uh, hefty price right. here that's a bit about as big of a juice price as you'll ever find on a win total but if you want to kind of give yourself more padding and say hey maybe they win 11 instead of 12 that could be one avenue to approach it and then of course I think any conversation about Alabama we got to mention these Heisman odds here Ben you know you're looking at the updated numbers right now from DraftKings Bryce Young is plus 350 but he's not the favorite the favorite is CJ Stroud plus 250. So if you think Saban, again, on this revenge tour, you know, Bolton board material, he's fighting with, uh, you know, with obviously with Jimbo Fisher. If this is an Alabama team with a lot to prove and, you know, kind of get back in, into the you know championship winning days. That could be worth a look as well as Bryce Young plus 350. To me, that could be a flyer here on the Heisman. Yep,
4: uh, no question on that. And, and it's kind of, it's a good point as well because we've seen time and again now, these books, especially at the very top echelon teams, you see the juices get completely out of whack, especially on the win totals. And as we discuss uh, very, very often, Josh, in these conferences, value can sometimes be a little bit further down and some of these teams more uh, towards the bottom. And there's a lot of big juice discrepancies here on most of these win totals. Any team you've got your eye on, maybe a little further down, not Obama, Bama, A&M, or,
5: uh, or Georgia that jumps off the page to you here for these win totals. So I'm glad you mentioned this, Ben. I think you're totally spot on. We're all going to flock to obviously Georgia, Alabama. We didn't even mention Florida, a team that's really popular to their win total every year. Texas A&M, obviously. But what I like to do is go down the list, look at teams that people really aren't talking about, and maybe look at a team that we expect to be really, really terrible, like almost like UMass. Uh, you know, UMass football here, Ben, where their win total's like one and a half or Akron. I know, I know, Michael Lombardi, that's his favorite college team to bet on the Akron zips here. But what jumped out to me. Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt went two and 10 last year. Their win total this year is two and a half and they're not expecting Vanderbilt to make a much of a leap this year. The two and a half with Vandy is juiced up under minus 140. So could we see an even worse year from Vanderbilt? That's just notable to me because a lot of these juice prices are juiced up over. This is the biggest juiced up under price. And it's so low. It's like, how do you not win three games if you're Vanderbilt? Well, guess what? The Osmakers are saying, Hey, this could be a two win team, a one win team. I'm intrigued by Vanderbilt under 2.5, really notable minus 140 juice to the under.
4: And what's tough, too, uh, you when, for teams like that, you have to look non-con because they will not be favored in any of their SEC games. Uh, this year did not did, went winless last season in the sec two and two in non-con. You have to go at Hawaii to open the season at Northern Illinois, which is not an e- will not be an easy game for them. I'm, I'm sure that'll be a pretty tight spread. And then home wake forest coming off a very solid year. Elon is about the only game you can really pencil in as a win. So you're probably looking, Josh, at having to go three and one in non-con and that's kind of how you have to handicap a lot of these things. I'm I'm not convinced on Vandy. It looks like probably two and two at best. You, you're asking a lot to uh, to get the three and one there. So, good point I think you make, and I would sur- I don't think there's going to be a lot of people who are looking at the over on uh, the Commodores of uh, of Vandy this year. I know I know I'm I'm certainly not uh, going to be doing that. Not sure how many people will be looking at uh, some of these dual for or the, some of these straight forecasts in the NFC East next year, as far as Commanders. Cowboys, Eagles, Giants at the bottom, but we'll see. We'll talk about what we think on the NFC East Dodds, some of the props you can play with them next.
1: This is Betting Across America on v the Sports Betting Network.
4: This segment of Betting Across America is brought to you by Zin Nicotine Pouches, a fresh way to enjoy nicotine without all the baggage of cigarettes, dip, or vape. Zyn nicotine pouches are smoke-free, spit-free, and available in ten varieties, and they come in two strengths, so you can easily find the satisfaction level that's perfect for you. Zyn, America's number one nicotine pouch, is available in over 100,000 locations nationwide. Visit zyn.com/find to locate a store near you. That is zyn.com/find. Warning: This product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Quick update on the diamonds as we check in on the baseball today. Number of day games are going on right now. We'll see if Josh has any sweats currently at the moment. Pirates Reds one one top of the six. That was a Pickham game. Mike Miner for the Reds today. Rowanzi Contreras for for the Pirates there. What's interesting too? We've seen uh, Josh the Royals in two of the first three games of the series against the Astros. That's the other game going on right now get up big early, only to have the bullpen blow late lead. So great in-game opportunities potentially, if you've been betting the Astros when getting down. And Chris Bubich today, the lefty, was a, two, a $2.80 a dog on the road against Justin Verlander, one of the favorites for Cy Young right now in the AL. But a 2 nothing Royals lead here, bottom of the fourth, on a 7.5 total. And I'm seeing right now, you can get uh, get the Astros, it's about plus 110, depending on where you shop in the market. I don't know if you're interested in that, Josh, but uh, it's been fascinating to track some of these, as we're in the dog days of summer. Now, some of these teams with really shaky bullpens who've been been, been very erratic on the hitting side, Royals have been one of those teams. They score runs, but it's a matter of, can you get 27 out? So we'll see what happens in that one.
5: You're exactly right, Ben. I'm actually rooting for anyone who had the stones to bet the Royals today, because looking at our VEASAN.com bet splits, uh, one thing was crazy to me, only like 13% of betters. Took the Kansas City Royals at this huge plus money price. So obviously in baseball, you know, one thing about laying these big numbers is, you know, you could have anything happen in baseball. It's kind of the ultimate parody sport sometimes. You know, the best team could lose one night, the worst team could win one night. So my you know, heart of hearts is rooting for anyone who's holding a plus two ninety ticket right now. But I would mention we've kind of seen this thing happen throughout this series. The Royals have gotten off to fast starts. Kansas uh the Houston Astros come back, their bats, you know, come alive, they start to win these games. Now obviously they end up losing yesterday. But how do you not get the Astros right now early in this game here, Ben? I know Verlander's uh, coughed up a 2-0 lead. You're in a hole right now, but I'm looking across the board. I see a plus 120 live line here for Houston to come back. And again, it's only, what is it, Ben, the fourth inning? It's pretty early right now. So again, it's tough. I'm rooting for anyone to cash this huge number, but it's hard not to think about a live line play right now on Houston getting some plus money when they are such a massive favorite Pre-flop. Yeah, it seems like such a simple strategy, but you see it
4: time and time again. And I would say at least on these, make sure you check like what's the base you know, what's the bases out situation and if you want to wait, so maybe the inning ends because right as you know, right as I say that it's runners on first and second now, two outs for the Astros. Maybe just wait till the end of the half inning. If Bubic gets out of it, you're, you're gonna have a much better number there on Houston instead of what I'm I'm currently seeing as you talked about, Josh, right around that plus one twenty to uh, to near a pick'em price. We'll get Josh's full MLB thoughts in our next segments, including our plays here as we wrap up betting across the America. But let us go to the NFC East. We're talking straight forecast, which for those of you unfamiliar, we have some of these fun props from BetMGM. Essentially, this straight forecast you're picking a team to go 1 2 exacta in the division. And we can try and figure out if there are divisions where we think or perceive that there could be some value either on the chalk or either on a dark horse does it make more sense to take a stab, uh, stab in one of these markets. So as we take a look at the odds here, Cowboys-Eagles, not a surprise. Those are your, uh, your, your top choices. Plus 275 for Cowboys 1, Eagles 2. If you flip that around, Eagles 1, Cowboys 2, that is plus 325. And then you start getting into the interesting interesting combinations there, Josh, starting with Cowboys-Commander's. At seven to one in general, first, before we get into the specifics here, what's your, your process as a whole for trying to handicap these and, and looking to find value when you, when you start comparing, we have so many, especially in 2022, right? We have so many different ways to bet these and so many different props out there. Uh, what's your strategy when you look at a straight forecast, like the ones we have here?
5: So my strategy here Ben would be again comparing the odds for the straight forecast it's kind of a parlay-ish type mentality but I think there are certain divisions where you know if you kind of look at the odds and two teams are head and shoulders above the rest there could be value here at a you know better payout here. The other thing is you know if you're in a division almost like Tampa Bay I wouldn't really bet this you know 1-2 because you know we are thinking that the Bucks are going to come in first place obviously in their division but we don't really know who's going to come in second. It's probably going to be New Orleans but you know it could be maybe a surprise team who knows the Falcons obviously we're talking about Carolina so, my thing here is this is actually a division where I think there is value uh, to having this kind of exacta type situation. So, if you look at the odds overall, the Cowboys are expected to win this division. Right now at DraftKings, they're plus 135, but the Eagles are right on their heels, plus 165. So, if you look at who's next, it's Commanders plus 500, Giants plus 800. So, this kind of speaks to kind of what I was just mentioning a second ago about, you know, really the Cowboys and the Eagles are kind of head and shoulders above these other teams right now. So, I think there could be a value play here toward this exacta. You know, if you're looking at this payout right now, Cowboys first, Eagles second, plus 275. If you flip it and it's Cowboys second, uh, Eagles first, that's plus 325. So if you're looking at the win total, Ben, you know, what's notable to me is Dallas at some shops, they're actually being juiced up a little bit to the under. They had a really good year last year, 12 and five. Prescott obviously came back from his injury, had a really good year, but you lose Amari Cooper. CeeDee Lamb's going to be your number one right now. There are questions a little bit about your offensive line. At BetMGM, they're 10 and a half juiced up under minus 125. Philly on the other side, nine and eight. Again, they're getting some respect here from the books. Bringing in AJ Brown and Jalen Hurts with a lot of weapons now, and you know, doing very well in the draft. Uh, bringing in some you know defenders here from Georgia. So they went nine and eight last year. Betmgm's nine and a half. Uh, some of these shops are minus one ten, but DraftKings nine and a half over minus one twenty. So it's almost like that Georgia Alabama, where you know those are kind of the cream of the crop, and everyone else is pretty far off. I'll look at Cowboys one, Eagles second plus two seventy five. I don't really, uh, you know, think it's a bad idea to go Eagles one, Cowboys two. I just think one of those two combinations. And again, you could bet both and just say, hopefully, I win one. But obviously, if you lose both, you're going to take a big hit there. I just think it's going to be one of these two teams. I'll still give Dallas the slight edge here, but don't be surprised if Philly kind of surprises people. I was kind of intrigued by Sirianni last year, Ben. I made fun of him, you know, obviously with uh, you know the uh, his visor and putting all his markers in his cap. This guy kind of showed me something. I think he's a bit of a outside the box thinker. He's made some bold moves. He went for two and covered a number, which I love last year Mm -hmm. uh, when it really didn't matter much. But I think these are the two best teams in the NFC. So uh, I guess if you're asking me to pick, it'd be Cowboys one Eagles two. I'll I'll take the plus 275.
4: Look, on the flip side of this, you can always play the dual forecast for these as well, where you just pick teams to finish in the top two. It doesn't have to be specific places. If you wanted to do that for this division, that would be plus 110. So if you're a believer kind of in what Josh is talking about, these two teams on, on another level, higher echelon than than that would be the play. And so with Philadelphia, it's funny because we always talk about, I know you're, you're a contrarian guy, Josh, you like to zig when everybody else is zagging here. It seems like the Eagles are kind of that hot topic buzz team this off season. And when we have, you know, not to say this will be the team, just to bring up the point where pretty much every off season, we have a team or two in each league that gets gets hyped through the roof, the Browns were that team last year. I was all in, all aboard the Cleveland train a season ago. I was buying into the hype. We saw Miles Sanders come out on, on local Philadelphia media and say, "Yeah, we we've got an All-Star team assembled there in Philadelphia. We know it's a kind of a young, brash coach who's not afraid to, to gamble." And as you just talked about, uh, do kind of su- you know not suboptimal, but kind of outside the box type of plays and strategies. Are you, are you buying uh, what we're seeing here with all this steam and all this hype out of Philadelphia team that as you laid out, there's a lot of things to like, right? And a lot of things in a, in a typical base factor where their numbers from last year, again, combined with all the infrastructure they have should project pretty well outside of the fact that they have a, you know, a Jalen hurts quarterback. Who's very, very young. and is not really proven. Are you concerned at all though, about all the buzz around this Philadelphia team and, and just the sheer
5: number of people who are just like, yeah, count me in as a, as an Eagles believer in 2022. So I would say, Ben, I do like personally just, you know, my personal opinion. I like what the Eagles have done in terms of the draft, in terms of A.J. Brown, in terms of surrounding Jalen Hurts with some really good weapons and trying to get the most out of him. But to your point, I'm always, always nervous when one team gets super hyped and everyone's falling in love with them because that's that herd mentality that, again, I want to go against. So it worries me that the Eagles are this really trendy team. I remember a few years back with the Cleveland Browns. Remember when they got Odell Beckham Jr. and Jarvis Landry and they kind of like won the offseason? They had a really bad year. So just in terms of a buy low sell high a team that everyone's loving i kind of want to bet against the team that People, you know, tell me that is terrible. I kind of maybe want to buy low on, but I would say the great equalizer in terms of public perception and your own opinion is what the oddsmakers are telling us. So the fact that you do have a team that went nine and eight last year and their win total is nine and a half at some books juiced up over, I think the oddsmakers are saying, yeah, this team is trendy, but we do kind of respect and like what they've done overall. And also, if you look at this win total, Ben, something to keep an eye out for. You know, all these teams to their over. If you want to keep an eye on this, they're playing the um, the the uh, the Jaguars and the Tech and that that AFC South division. So they have a couple cupcakes here If they can, you know, win a game against the Jags, the Texans. Obviously, you know, the Colts will be a difficult spot as well as, as the Titans. But these the NFC East overall has one of the easier schedules comparatively because they're playing that division. So that's something to keep an eye out for. And one team we didn't mention here, Ben, the New York Giants at MGM, they're seven and a half under minus one sixty. At DraftKings, they're seven under minus 125. So both these books are really predict- are predicting the Giants to have a tough year. I do like Dayball overall, but I'm just not a believer here in uh, in Jones, the quarterback. They didn't even pick up his option. I think they, they could be in the running for Stroud or, or Bryce Young, one of these quarterbacks here. So I'll look to the under with the Giants. And again, I'm kind of high on the, the Eagles here. I would rather bet their win total, though, than winning that division.
4: Yeah, look, it's, uh, it totally makes sense. I'm, I'm guessing you're not going to want to bet the Commander's first Giants second straight forecast 40. 45- To one doesn't seem like you're uh, you're in that mindset at all, Josh. But I I I completely uh, I completely understand it. A lot of different and that's kind of the point of these exercises, right? There are so many ways to bet this stuff. Preseason, you can do win totals. You can do division. If you want to get crazy, you can start doing straight dual forecasts. There are a lot of different avenues to bet this stuff. Uh, And at the end of the day, you have to kind of go with what your convictions are telling you. And Josh.
6: This is Betting
1: Across America on Vsin, the Sports Betting Network. The
4: action never stops at BetMGM. Sign up now using bonus code vsin 1000 and your first raid- wager is risk-free, up to $1,000. BetMGM's state-of-the-art app offers a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, player prompts, daily boosted odd specials, and much more. No matter what your favorite sport is, you'll find out why nothing beats a win at the King of Sportsbooks. Simply download the BetMGM app today or go to BetMGM.com and enter bonus code VESAN1000 to make your first wager risk-free up to $1,000. Eligibility restrictions apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offers not available in Nevada or New York. As we welcome you back, final segment of our show, Betting Across America, presented by BetMGM. Ben Wilson from our South Point Sportsbook studio, joined, as always, by Josh Applebaum. Check out his daily Market Insights podcast every day during the week. Josh, we have baseball going on right now, and on the card tonight. I know it was a tough outing for your guy Brian Bello, Bello, Bayo I should say, not Bello, Bayo. In his major league debut last night, Red Sox lose to the Rays there at home. But it's a big series here this weekend as they look to chip away on that massive lead the Yankees have in the AL East. There, what's your angle on Game One of a certainly a big series as always when these two teams meet.
5: Yeah, so first off, Ben, I'll tell you, down on the Red Sox right now, obviously everyone is so excited about Brian Bayo. he gets lit up, there's a late uh, move to, uh, toward the Tampa Bay Rays there, so kind of saw that coming a little bit late and got scared, and then also Chris Sale, who's in Worcester, it's, it's not Worcester, it's Worcester, if you're from New England here, Ben, he gave up five walks, a bunch of runs, uh, you're kind of down on him, and then he went in the dugout and smashed a camera and started breaking everything, so it's kind of rough with the Sox right now. I'm looking at tonight though, Ben, I don't really want to lay a minus 170 with the Yankees, they did move up a little bit, minus 160 to minus 170-ish. I'm intrigued by the Red Sox plus money, but they're really not playing very well right now. So what I'm going to do is look toward the total in this one, Ben. What's notable to me is a lot of bettors are taking the over in this one. They just saw the Yankees score 16 runs yesterday, the total in this one. Uh, Actually, at some shops, it was hinting at a move up to 9.5, but then we've seen the juice completely flip to now this 9 being really juiced up under, minus 115, and that's notable because you're getting almost 65% of bets on the over, yet the juice is trending under, and both Both these pitchers have done great this year. You look at Garrett Cole. We all know he's an ace, 2.99 ERA in the year, but in the month of June, he had a 2.73 ERA. And Josh Winkowski, not a household name here, Ben, but he's done very well. He's got a 3.12 ERA. In the month of June, he had a 2.12 ERA. Both these teams have really been trending under recently. You look at the Yankees, 6-2 to the under their last eight. Red Sox, 4-1 to the under their last five. So it's notable to me that you're getting a lot of betting on this over, expecting fireworks and you know a bunch of runs from these really good offenses here. But I'm going to go the other way. Divisional unders typically you see these unders tick up a little bit in divisional games because you kind of know what to expect in terms of matchups. So we got betting over, yet a juiced up under. I'm on the under nine in the Red Sox game today. Try to find something minus 115, maybe minus 112 juice to the. And under. you look at, I mean, Josh Winkowski, a hard hit percentage
4: against of 26.2. That's that's well in the top third of if he was qualified as a starting pitcher. He's not, but it it doesn't lie. The fact that he's able to miss bats and at least avoid giving up a ton of hard contact, kind of an important thing. Last time I checked, Josh, when you (laughs) face this New York Yankees lineup, Winkowski making his sixth start of the year, but a 296 fielding independent pitching with a 312 ERA and a 337 batting average on balls in play you figure some positive regression there is coming. So can't, can't argue against you on, on that place. certainly, as Winkowski goes at home against Garrett Cole. Uh, a couple other big series as well that get underway tonight. Tony Gonslin can he keep, keep keep it rolling? I mean, the guy's been unreal. He, he, might, he might go like 20-0 and this year, Josh. I don't know, even though the regression seems, seems to indicate this thing can't possibly last, but he is a ginormous favorite against the struggling Cubs tonight at home there in L.A.
5: Yeah, and by the way, did anyone jump on that live line with the Houston Astros here, Ben? Two to two. Altuve ah, just go. hit a of bomb course. here. So maybe you got a little plus money. But uh the poor Royals, just when you think uh you can pull off a huge upset, you're tied now. But uh Ben, looking toward this one, you're totally right. Gonsolin's numbers are incredible. Last time I looked, I think he's still like 20 to 1, 30 to 1 to win the side. But what does this guy got to do to get some respect? He's 10-0 and 0 this year, 1.54 ERA. This is Pedro Martinez, 1999 type numbers here, Ben. But I'm not gonna lay a huge number. You know, they open like minus two seventy-five. Dodgers. They're actually down to minus 265. Cubs won a couple games there against your Brew Crew recently. Not too intrigued by the big plus money payout there either. So I'm going to go back to the total here, Ben. The total opened at eight and a half. It was kind of even minus 110 both sides juice. Now it's eight and a half under minus 125. So I think this thing actually may end up falling to eight. Of course, you want to jump on this hook before it misses you. Uh, I would jump on it now if you do like the under because it is trending down. But a lot of reasons to like this under. Obviously, Gonsolin's been really great this year. You also look at the Dodgers, one of the better under teams this season. They're 41 and 32 to the under. And both these teams trending under as of late. Dodgers 5-2 and to the under their last seven. Cubbies 4-1 and to the under their last five. You also have Correlative Betting, big favorite. With a total that's falling, a lower total that's being juiced up under. So I'm ex- even if the Dodgers maybe get to lighter here, I'm expecting Gonsolin to keep, uh, you know, again limit to one or two runs to the Cubbies. Give me the under eight and a half. And again, if you like it, hit it now before it goes down to eight. And it's not like Mark Leiter Jr. He's not been bad. This
4: will be more of a spot start for him. But his last time out, and he did start, it would have been his last time through the rotation against the Red Sox, and he was pretty good, only a run allowed in five and a third, even though he's been more of a a pen guy this season. But uh, he'll get the ball tonight, and the numbers are pretty solid as a whole this season for lighter, uh, even though, I mean, look, it's even though the the ERA might look bad at 485, he's pitched much better as of late, and a lot of that is skewed because of his, his early appearances coming out of the bullpen. Guy with an expected fielding independent pitching there uh, of 379. So, we'll, we'll see if Gonsolin can uh, keep it rolling. I know, I know some books are now in single digits or close to it on Gonsolin, Josh. So, there there is some respect on uh, Tony Gonsolin with the 10-0 and 0 start. Uh, I know our technical director downstairs, Jeremy Wengel, he wants to remind everybody. Cubs have won four straight series, Josh. Don't uh, don't let anybody forget that. How it'll, I don't know how it'll work tonight. Massive, uh, massive, massive dogs in that spot. And I know you've got one more play tonight as well in Major League Baseball, looking at another very interesting series. Padres-Giants doing battle for second at the moment behind the Dodgers. Each uh, scuffling, though, at the moment, trying to get back on track. Who do you like in this one?
5: I like the Padres here, Ben. And, again, it broke my heart last night. I was actually on Arizona. They're up 4 nothing. The Giants haven't been hitting it all. Then they score a million runs late and win that game. So uh, shout out to anyone who was with me and, and reminiscing or commiserating today on that bad uh, – kind of not a bad beat, but a tough break there with Arizona. But I'm going to bet against San Fran today. I like this spot for San Diego. Obviously, Musgrove's had a great year uh, on the season. He's 8-2, and 2.25 ERA. They're 11 and 3, the Padres are, and Musgrove's 14 starts. Now, Webb's been good too, 3.13 ERA. But they're just two and four. Of the last six web starts, and to me, Ben, two things I like about the Padres. Number one, lines going in their direction. They open as low as like minus one twenty-five. They're up to around minus one forty. So you have, do have good movement in their favor. But another system match that I have here is a rest versus tired spot. You know, typically we think about this in the NFL. You know, team on a short week versus you know a Thursday night game who just played uh, the following uh, the previous Sunday. But baseball sometimes you run into these rest versus tired spots. So San Francisco played yesterday. It's not a huge travel spot, but you had to go from Arizona, obviously, to San Diego here. San Diego was off yesterday. So when you see this situation where a favorite had a day off the previous day and the opponent, the dog, had to play and then travel – that favorite spot, that rested favorite versus the tired dog, it's about 62% since 2018. So I'm looking toward the Padres here. They were 2-8. and eight. They haven't played well. I think that day off may really benefit them, kind of clear their heads a little bit, get back on the right track. I laid the chalk here, minus 140 with the Padres.
4: Lowest total on the board, down to 6.5 in sh- some shops, depending <laughs> on where you look. I just can't go against Logan Webb. You know I'm a big fan of, of his, uh, his <laughs> job. Should be an outstanding pitching matchup tonight. Webb and the Giants, Musgrove. And the Padres there, and also wanted to mention as well, very quickly, uh, Jordan Alvarez, who just hits his 26th home run, just a second ago, three-run inning for the Astros, and now take a 3-2 lead in game there on the Royals in the East. still oh, in the bottom of the fifth. So what a brutal loss if you took if you took Royals first five, you give up a three-spot in the bottom of the fifth. We did this whole deep dive breakdown of the AL MVP race, Josh, a couple of nights ago in primetime action with myself and Matt Brown. You can still get Alvarez at about eight to one to an AL MVP, like. His numbers and Aaron Judge's numbers are pretty much the same right now. Alvarez not getting even close to the market support. So I would just say that. The guy, is an, he's just a walking, not just a walking home run. Like he's just blasting balls everywhere, doing so much. A WRC plus of over 200. Oh, the guy is absolutely unreal. That's, that's all I'm going to say, Josh. So I just want to make sure <laughs> the people are aware uh, there. Uh, and I know you have WNBA as well tonight. You're going, uh, you're going back to the well on. It looks like you're going
5: under on a play there tonight. I am going under. I'll make this real quick because I want to hear Wimbledon play here. Thank but you. we did get the under in the Mystics game yesterday, Ben. I'm going to go to another under today. The Sky and the Fever under 167 and a half total. Open 169. We're, f- we're falling right now as we speak. Make it very simple. Only 43% of bets are on this under, but 82% of the money. And this is one of the better defenses, worst offenses. Give me the under fever, 167.5. And now, Ben, take us home. What's your Wimbledon play? What's us go. Tail? Well,
4: as we talked about earlier, no Rafa Nadal. He pulls out with injuries, so Nick Kyrgios already into the final. Uh, I'm I'm going to be very simple and straightforward. I'm taking Novak Djokovic to win in straight sets tomorrow over Cameron Norrie. Minus 140. I imagine that's going to keep going up, but the numbers do not lie. Novak Djokovic. He's won about 6% more service points, 4% more return points. If we're looking at grass now, that grass court data over the last couple of years, it's been a great run for Nori, The Brit, it's a local story, makes his first career Grand Slam semifinal, but the whole narrative around Djokovic maybe not being at his best level, Josh, I think is totally misguided. He's played some really, really good competition. A rising star in Yannick Sinner who pushed him to five in the quarters. Tim Van Riedhoven, a massive server who's going to be on the big stage sooner rather than later in the round of 16. I don't think this been any weaknesses in Djokovic's game this is a guy who's at another level than Cameron Norrie it might look on paper like it's a one versus nine but this thing should be as big of a mismatch Josh as the odds are making it so give me Djokovic in straight sets and that's how we'll uh, we'll end the show today we thanks Josh always great stuff by you as always and we go out to the edge next live from NBA Summer League here in Las Vegas